What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Sunday. As always, the drink of the day is a Corona. Yes, not the coronavirus, a beer, a nice, cold, refreshing Corona light. Just trying to get something smooth with it and um, enjoy my day nice and slow. As always, though, let's get into it. So last night we had uh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. And, uh, you know, that Triller pay-per-view was kind of something. Um, something can both be good and bad. I'm going to start with the bad. I don't really uh, like what I saw in terms of the telecast. I didn't need all of uh, the music. It was basically like a concert in between fights. It kind of, uh, I don't want to say it seemed a little lazy, but it just wasn't for me, man. It just wasn't for me. That's not really why I would want to uh, tune into that. Um, like pay $50 and then watch a fight and then listen to some, some people sing for a while. Like, even if it's artists I like, you know, like I like a lot of those people. Um, I'm not ashamed to say it. I, I fuck with Justin Bieber. He's got some bangers, but I'm not really trying to listen to that when I'm watching some fights. Um, but, but, you know, beyond that, like Triller will learn. Triller will, will, uh, you know, have a little formula that they mess around with and, uh, see what works for them and, see what works for the audience and then go from there. If that's what works for the, most of the audience and I just don't fit in that category, that's fine. Like I'm still going to tune in because I'm a fan. But uh that just wasn't for me. Now, you know, onto the good stuff, into the fight. Jake Paul um looked massive. Ben Askren uh <laughs> didn't look like he was in the best shape. Um didn't look like he really put in much effort uh heading up into the fight day, but you know, you get what you put into it, and you go. He went in there and uh, got knocked out within a round. I don't know uh, if I agree with that stoppage, but I mean that's pretty on brand with boxing. Um, it seems like there's a lot of times where fights end because uh, the ref wants to be air on the side of caution and just sees you maybe a little wobbly, maybe you're not answering correctly, maybe uh, the focus isn't there when he's talking to you. Whatever the reason it is, or whatever the excuse that they give, eh, the fight ended last night. And that knockdown was pretty fucking nice, man. Like, it was a solid overhand right. Uh, I was really impressed with Jake Paul uh, remaining poised. Um, I feel like a lot of people assumed he would come in there and try to uh, at least start the action early. He was very he was very much, uh, I don't want to say wary of Ben Askren's power, but he respected him, of course, because, you know, that guy is a professional. Um, he wanted to really see what he was going to come forward with. Worked him with the jab a little bit, moved around, tried to cut off the ring, did a good job. And then finally, when he wanted to unload that overhand right, he did and knocked Ben Askren clean down. And it was nice. Um, it was a good showing. Uh, I, I do, I do want to see some better competition going forward. Maybe like a retired boxer at that point or someone who's very, very young. This is the thing. So, like, since he's fighting on pay-per-view, you need some sort of a name. Um, so, like, under normal circumstances, you would suggest, like, maybe someone who's just a guy. Like, a professional only in the sense that he gets paid to go out there and essentially make the other guy look a little better. Uh, that's not that's not the case. That's of what we're going to get, most likely, just because, you know, he's on that pay-per-view level. And... Um, they're going to need someone who is going to help sell the fight, someone who's going to spark some interest for the other people. So, I mean, I don't know. It's tough to say who, who that would be, but we definitely need some better competition, and we need someone who's at least retired, 
or maybe uh, someone who is from the UFC or used to be from the UFC but is known as more of a striker because, of course, Ben Askren was a world-class wrestler. You can list all of his accomplishments. He was amazing, whatever. But, you know, that's not boxing. So, you know, we, we kind of need someone someone who's who's more known for that, like maybe a Nate Diaz. I know they've had some uh, Twitter back and forth. Uh, maybe a Conor McGregor uh, if we find out that he just isn't what he is in the UFC anymore, and he's just going to go out there and try to make as much money as possible before he's officially done. I don't know. We'll see. But we just need someone who's a little bit more of a step up in competition. Uh, and maybe he does that outside of the ring, you know? I mean, he works very hard. He he trains with elite guys. I think over time, like, the stuff we're not going to see is where he's going to put in the most work and we're going to see the improvement. And then when he steps up into the ring for these events, uh, it's going to be against guys that are probably lesser than that, but will bring in more money. So, like, that makes sense. Like, we get it. That's just the way the industry works. Uh, you do the hard work outside of the ring, so that way the game, the game day is the easy part. The game day is the fun part. That's where you're making money, and that's where you move on with your career. We had uh, BJ Penn call him out. Uh, honestly, I don't really want to see that. Uh, I respect it, though. Like, it seems like everyone's calling him out. Just, I don't know if it's because they don't like him. I don't know if it's because uh, they see dollar signs. Maybe it's a mix of both. But it, it, it's, good for, it's good for the sport of boxing. People are talking about it. And um, Tyson Fury agrees. He approves. He approves of Jake Paul. He mentioned uh, that he believes that Jake Paul being in boxing and these other YouTubers being in boxing has been a good way to get eyes to the sport that normally wouldn't even look this direction. And uh, I think he's completely correct. I think he is 1,000% correct. There's a lot of guys out there could could really give two shits about boxing, but because they have some YouTuber that they follow, or even if they don't follow, they just kind of look at it and be like, huh, I'll, I'll check that out, see what's good with that. You know, that brings brings some more money to the sport. And, of course, like, on the undercard, we have we had uh, Proga and Radchek. Like, that was a great fight. Uh, well, you know, it was all right. But those are two guys that, like, could have used the exposure and they capitalized and took advantage of it. Now, Proga, he, after he won, he called out Adrian Broner. That would be an, a nice fight in terms of uh, namesake, but I kind of want to see him jump back and into the title mix. Uh, I mean, that division is a little bit of a mess at the moment. Um, well, not really, but I just I just see whatever happens out of the next fight or two between uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Taylor, I feel like they're both going to move up to 147. And if one of them or both of them don't move up, it's going to be because they're waiting for a Teofimo Lopez fight at 140. I don't think uh, Progra is going to get that matchup with them too. He'll eventually get the title shot, of course, just by process of elimination and waiting his turn, but I don't think it'll be against those guys. Uh, just with the way the landscape of the division is looking and uh, where those guys have filled out um, in their career and like their body, like I think they're ready to move on to the, a new weight class after they handle business against each other and crown a unanimous uh, champion. Now, uh, just to go into the UFC for a minute, last night we had Robert Whitaker versus Kevin Gastelum. Honestly, that was an amazing, amazing fight. Uh, Robert Whitaker, like, he's world-class guy. Like, I think just uh, his personality outside of the cage, 
like how calm and collected and like nice of a guy he is. Like it kind of, I don't want to say rubs me the wrong way, but it just, I just don't really look at him as like, oh man, like that guy's going to fucking kick some fucking ass or like, but he's just a consummate professional man. And he went out there and, uh, I'm going to say he dominated, dominated, but he asserted himself and, uh, took some of, uh, Kelvin's best punches and he, you know, he did a good job. He was mixing in some, uh, upper head kicks with some immediate rights. He was uh, evading punches and coming at him with some elbows. He uh, was grabbing him and uh, brought him to the ground and was working him on the ground, keeping him there and getting some ground control time and was getting those nice shots in. Like he, he did a good job. He went out there and, and literally just did his job, and he looked great. Um, it looked like there were honestly no holes in his game, which you love to see, especially considering... Uh, that he's the number one contender and we're likely going to see a rematch with Izzy coming up next, which is going to be interesting just because Izzy lost his last fight against uh, Jan Blakowicz when he tried to become champ champ and uh, move up to the light heavyweight division. He was unsuccessful with it, but we're going to see a a rematch between Whitaker and Izzy. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Izzy responds coming down. I mean, I think he is obviously like a better fighter than Whitaker. Uh, Whitaker is tough, but you know you can never discount a guy uh, in a rematch um, when they're on that level of a fighter. He saw the mistakes. He's gonna watch the film and he's gonna see what he can do to uh, capitalize and try to win. And of course, seeing Izzy lose the fight to Jan, uh, not necessarily like he won't be able to do the exact same sort of things, but now there's uh, sort of a blueprint, so he'll be able to take what he's good at, take what he's seen, learn from his past mistakes, and then try to find a formula to defeat Izzy. Now, of course, Izzy can do the exact same thing. He's seen all these fights. He can do basically the opposite, watch the film, see where uh, Robert Whitaker's improved on, see uh, what the mistakes he's done against Jan, and uh, just go from there. So, of course, like, you know, it's the fight game. That's just the way it works, like, I'm just hoping we see a really good fight, man. Just a really, really good fight. Now, uh, next week, we have UFC 261. That's going to be really exciting. Uh, we got Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal rematch. You know, um, it's going to be a great fight in terms of uh, fireworks. Like People are, have been talking about it for like months now. Um, I, I honestly think Usman's going to dominate again. I don't really see... Uh, I, I really don't think there's going to be much of a difference um, with the full training camp just because I think Usman, he's just on another level from Masvidal. And um, I, I, I just I just think he's going to win fairly easily. I think Masvidal will be able to land a couple of punches and for a brief moment it'll look like, oh shit, like Usman really ate that. And you might go, huh, man, that was, that was a pretty good shot. Let's see where he can go from there. But then Usman's going to come and then do the quote-unquote boring stuff, uh, the little nitty-gritty, just to, you know, win the fight. That's what we're going to see. And, uh, you know, you got to respect that. That's just just who he is, man. And um, I I just think he's going to win fairly easily and then set up uh, a fight with Colby Covington next. Uh, In terms of what Colby Covington's going to do, I'm not really sure at the moment. Um... He's been an interesting guy to keep up with uh, outside of the ring. Like, I don't really know where his head's at um, in terms of, like, who his team's looking at, who Dana and 
Endeavor are looking to match him up with. But, you know, I, I think he'll be successful in whatever fight he's in next, or maybe he's just going to wait until he can get that that rematch himself. Um, but, yeah, things are looking good uh, in that division, and I'm excited for that main event at UFC 261. Now, on the undercard, of course, like, just go a little into it. Willie Zhang and Rose Namahunas. That's going to be a nice fight. A lot of people are really picking uh, Namahunas to win this fight. And, I mean, can you blame them? Like, she's a fucking badass. Like, she's a beast. Uh, Weili Zhang, um, she's she's obviously really, really talented. But I think a lot of people um, just see a little crack in the window for something to come through. And, and they, they look at Rose as uh, someone who's kind of fearless, who's going to come just come at you and eat some shit and then just try to put in some work from there and I think people look at her as uh, more of like the alpha fighter and a lot of people are seeing uh, thinking that she's going to win that fight personally um, I, I want Whaley to win uh, of course I know I've mentioned this before but I want her to uh, rematch I mean not rematch I want her to fight Shevchenko I want them to meet each other. I know they're not in the same weight class, but you know they're going to make it work at some point if they want to and if the UFC allows it. And of course, Shevchenko is also on this undercard. She's the fight immediately before that, before Jessica Andrade. Um, I think Val- um, Valentina is going to dominate that fight. Uh, Andrade is, is a very talented fighter. She's a badass, but Shevchenko, I think, is just on another level from her. And uh, I, I truly hope that Wei Li and Shevchenko win their fights and set us up with a super fight to uh, lead a UFC pay-per-view. Like, I think that would be fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, we need, we need more of these, uh, these high-profile events where uh, the baddest women on the planet face off against each other. So, you know, if they do their part um, next week, set themselves up nicely, win those fights... Uh, you know, do the little talking outside of the, or in, technically inside of the ring, but outside of the fight, uh, to the fans, get them pumped up. I think we can set us up, set us up for a really nice uh, fight between the two women, and uh, I think that'll be fucking awesome. You know, you know, back to boxing for a minute. Uh, we have some, we have some nice fights uh, scheduled for um, PBC boxing. You know, they, you know, sometimes it's funny they they like kind of go quiet for a little bit and then all of a sudden they just hit you with the hammer and they're like okay boom we're laying you down with this schedule so jamal charlo is facing juan mancias montiel uh june 19th that should be a decent fight uh mancias montiel like he's he's a nice fighter very talented uh you know classic mexican you know will come at you head down throw the hooks try to hit you in the body he'll eat a punch Eat an, eat a second one, just so he can land that first one. Um, so it'll be a, an exciting fight for as long as it lasts with uh, Jamal Charlo. But I'm fully expecting Jamal to win that fight. I think he's just on another level or two ahead of Juan Mencius. Uh Personally, it's not the fight I would prefer to see uh, Jamal Charlo in. I would much rather see him face a guy like uh, Demetrius Andrade, who actually fought yesterday as well against Liam Williams, won that won a close fight, but uh, it was a little more exciting than he has been in the past. He was mixing it up a little bit more, wasn't as um, risk-averse, which was, you know, appreciated. 
But I don't know, man. Obviously, we're not getting that fight next, and we probably won't ever get that fight just because Jamal Charlo and PBC, they're going to steer clear and go for the big money fights. And obviously, the big money fight is an eventual fight with either Benavidez or Canelo Alvarez. Now, speaking of Benavidez, he's going to come back in August uh, at the end of the month on the 28th, and he's going to fight for a WBC eliminator. So, I mean, he's fully expected to win that fight, and he'll like, well, he won't likely be. Um, he will be the number one contender for the WBC. At that point, we will have had uh, Canelo fighting Billy Joe Saunders. He'll be less than a few days away from, uh, I'm assuming, will be Caleb Plant to become undisputed. At that point, WBC and honestly, the other uh, sanctioning bodies, they'll have to fight with each other to see who's up next in the totem pole for um, fighting mandatories. I don't really see WBC being successful with that argument just because Canelo fought on Vildirum. But, I mean, I hope they are because a Benavidez fight would be really fucking nice. Uh, if they aren't successful in getting that done, then, I mean, that opens the door perfectly for a Charlo versus Benavidez fight. I mean, I just... Like I said, though, like just the way the industry moves, politics, boxing, so on and so forth, I don't see that happening just because why would PBC want to put them against each other when you can have both of them potentially fight a Canelo Alvarez? So I just don't see it happening. But, you know, we can be surprised. Um, for now, we know we have fights for both of them scheduled and we have things to look forward to and the schedule looks pretty nice. Now, in terms of what else the PBC has going on, they have Gervonta Davis uh, also returning uh, to a pay-per-view in June 26 against Mario Barrios. That should be an okay fight. Um, I'm not really too excited. I mean, there's just so many other fights that Gervonta could take it, take place in and um, are honestly are much more exciting. So, you know, eh, whatever. Obviously, we'd much rather see him face like a Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, a Lomachenko, a Teofimo Lopez. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons why those fights aren't considered slash aren't happening slash probably won't happen for a while, if at all. You know, um, whatever, man. It's going to be an okay fight. Like, Gervonta will look good. His fans will be on Twitter talking about how great he is. Um, I like him, of course, but I'm just getting a little tired of it. Like, there's so much potential in the lightweight division, and, uh, you know, we're kind of wasting these guys. I know they're very young, and we'll eventually, like, get these sort of fights, but it's just a little disappointing, man. I'm, uh, You know, as a fan, you just don't want to see that. Now, moving on uh, to Jamal Char I mean, Jamal Charlo's brother, Jermel. He's going to fight... <clears throat> July 17th against Brian Castaño. We finally got it on the schedule. We knew it was going to happen because we saw Castaño defeat Patrick Teixeira. Jermel Charlo has three belts. Castaño has one. They're going to fight each other, and we're going to have an undisputed champion. Man, this is going to be a nice fight. And uh, honestly, I think it's going to be a little closer than a lot of people think. Uh, I know the smart people within boxing uh, look at Castaño as someone uh, who's very fucking tough. You know, um... Might not be the most technically skilled, but he knows what he's doing in the trenches, and he he's good at his movement. And we're gonna we're gonna be treated to a fantastic fight. Jermel's very exciting. Um, he's tasted a loss before, 
Honestly, it was one that he didn't really deserve, but he knows what it feels like, and he's not going to let that happen again, and I fully expect him to be undisputed. And um, I know I've mentioned this in a previous podcast before, but I think immediately after that, we're going to see him move up to middleweight. And uh, if Golovkin takes him, I think that fight will happen. If Golovkin's going to look for other things, then uh, I think we're going to see him fight a Demetrius Andrade. I think PBC is fine with allowing Jermel to do the dirty work while Jermel fights for the big money just because um, Jermel's already tasted a loss. Uh, he has shown less... Uh, how do I say this in a nice way? He's not as marketable as his brother for whatever reason, um, whether that's his personality, whether that's just his namesake. Jamal Charlo has just kind of gotten more credit than his brother, even though Jamal's had a, a better career in terms of accomplishments. Uh, so I think we'll see him fight a Demetrius Andrade after that fight, if he is successful and becomes undisputed, and I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, in terms of other stuff uh, in the nearby divisions, Triple G, as we just mentioned, he's rumored to be facing Ryota Murata at the end of this year in December. Honestly, um... I'm a little disappointed with that rumor. Uh, I, I, I'm fine with a Murata fight, but why is why are we looking at December, you know? Um, Triple G is, he only has so much time left in the sport. Why are we scheduling stuff so far out in the future? Eight months later, eight months from now. Um, I don't think he would have a problem fighting Murata at any point. He could probably fight him right now. You know, if they cross each other in the street, if they fought each other, he would probably win that fight without training. So why are we scheduling, why are we potentially scheduling that for the end of the year, eight months down the line, when he's 39, about to be 40? I just don't understand it, man. Um, I, I, I get the whole DAZN wants to move into the Japanese market, but I don't understand why we have to wait that long for that potential fight. Yeah, like, if that's such a problem, then just go back to the Mangia business, like... I know that was rumored for a while, and I know we're not going to get it, but I just don't, I just don't want to see us wait this long. It's like the same thing with Manny Pacquiao. He's been on the shelf for so long since that Keith Thurman fight. We're getting to a point where it's like really close to getting confirmed, uh, whoever his opponent's going to be, but you know we're still fucking waiting. Like it just seems like there was an obvious choice in Mikey Garcia, and there's been a lot of. Um, movement towards a Terrence Crawford fight and yet here we sit um, middle of April and nothing's confirmed tick tock tick tock tick tock that's the same thing with uh, Triple G Um, we've had a lot of talk about Mangia for months and months and months and months and then it went quiet for a while and then all of a sudden we have this rumor about Murata and then you're like okay like that's an okay fight like you know unification and then you look at the, the date and you're like December why the fuck are we going all the way to December? I just don't get it. I really don't. Uh, but, you know, that's just the way boxing is sometimes. They're a little disappointing. Um, back to the UFC for a minute, just to, you know, flip back and forth, basically between the channels. You know, TJ Dillashaw's uh, comeback is coming up. I'm really excited for that. I'm a fan. I don't care. I don't care what anyone says. Um, that's my guy. I want to see how he looks. Uh, Corey Sandhagen, of course, uh, world class, world fucking class, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, 
smart money would probably be in Sanhagen just because Dillashaw has been on the been on the couch for two years. Of course, not literally. He's been uh, training himself, but uh, I don't know, man. We have a little ways to go. That's in May eighth. We have some good fights in between then, um, but that that's that's one that I'm looking forward to after UFC two sixty one. And then, of course, following that, we have UFC 262. I don't want to go into that at all, honestly. Or, yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, it's Oliveira versus Chandler for the title. I don't want to go into that right now because I'm going to do a deep dive in that probably next week or, you know, the week after that. On the undercard, we got Leon Edwards and Nate, Nate Diaz, you know. I'll also go a deep dive on that as well. But that's just, that's that's for another day, you know, another topic for another day, but. That TJ Dillajaw business, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to that. And, um, you know, just because they go hand in hand, I'm also looking forward to Cody Garbrandt versus Rob Font on May 22nd. Um, I really hope they, they both these men uh, win their fights and kind of set up something between each other. It'll be, it'll be nice, man. It'll be really nice. And I just... Whew. I just hope we see it. I just hope we see it. I want to see that trilogy. There's a lot of bad blood. Sell a lot of money. Put it on a pay-per-view. Book it. Boom. That's There's just a lot of stuff to look forward to in the sport right now. Um, I mean, fuck. Cyril Gaon is going to be fighting Volkov later this year. Like That's going to be a nice fight. Um, man, there's just a lot of stuff. Dominic Reyes, his comeback is coming up. Yeah, there's just a lot going on right now. Um, I mean, Bellator is looking good. You know, the light heavyweight Grand Prix like looks nice. Um, I'm really looking forward to, of course. I can't say it enough. I cannot say it enough. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, man. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that because. I've I've already mentioned it far too much. I'm looking forward to seeing how everything comes through. And um, we just got some good stuff going on. All right, everybody, that's the podcast for today. And uh, as always, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for uh, keeping up with us on thebadpromoter.com, following us on Instagram and Twitter at thebadpromoter. As always, let's go on to the next week and let's get it right.